sound forge 103.9 a new sound this is real talk and we've been you know hinting at this amazing guest who's a bakersfield uh, native all morning having we andres uh, me, absolutely we're you know when uh when matt brought it up and he was like yo uh we, we can get this guy on have you seen hentified i was like yeah i've seen hentified what are you what are you talking about uh he was like, I, I think we can get him. I've interviewed him before. I'm going to let Matt do the introduction here because you, you have a longer history than, than we do. Yeah, you know, we are uh, very lucky to be able to have uh, one of the co-creators and director of the Netflix show, Hentified, which is right currently airing on Netflix. Um, he's a Bakersfield native. And I've in the past, over the past couple of years, I've had an opportunity to uh, interview him right uh, following the, the season one premiere on Netflix. And they're very lucky uh, we're very fortunate and lucky that the show is back for a second season. It's currently airing on Netflix, and we are very honored to welcome to Real Talk, Mr. Marvin Limus. No one else is going to clap for our guest. Man, I'm at the. I mean, I could go on with the intros, but let's get let's get him on the show. How you doing, Marvin? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Marvin, I, I, I've seen you've been making the media circuit. It's, I, I'm, I'm sure this time of year and kind of launch of the season, uh, you're, you're going 100 miles an hour. Uh, you know, things have been a little like all over the place. It's like it comes and goes in waves. So it's definitely busy. I, I, I just took a couple days off because last week we dropped the show and I was just like, things are crazy. And I told everybody, I was like, you guys, I need a couple days to recharge before I... I go at it again. So it's been, um, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I was, I uh, had a little window that I could just kind of rest. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's no, no time so, for but, rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and we woke you up in the middle of your nap. So we, we apologize for, we apologize for that, but <laughs> Hey, we, you know, one of the things that we saw on your Instagram and like really everything that we see with you is, uh, the three words, Etro and Bakersfield, uh, you know, you're a Bakersfield <laughs> native and, and, and you're damn proud of it too. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who are always like, ah, I'm trying to get out of Bakersfield, Bakersfield this, Bakersfield that. Uh, let me ask you, were you always were you always this proud to be from Bakersfield, or is this a kind of is this recently found? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh hell no, I definitely was not always this proud. I, <laughs> I, it's and even now it's like a complicated relationship. I would say mm. with Bakersfield, Bakersfield made me made, like you know it's it's coming to terms. It's even just I, I really honestly making this show is a huge part of like healing for me of healing not just bakersfield but my own identity as a latino as a as a mexican-american as a chicano like i grew up like ashamed of 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 you know being brown of of my mom's accent i didn't want to be mexican um because i you know everything i would see on tv like my parents came here they 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 remind you of all the sacrifice and they tell you you're going to chase that american dream and all the opportunities that you're going to have and then I would watch, you know, the TV and I was like, okay, like everything that they want from me, it seems like it's not possible. It seems like in order to achieve this American dream, um, I have to be white. And because um, the people that look like me are on TV and on the movies are the butt of the joke. Mm -hmm. They're a stereotype. They're a criminal. They're bad guys. And it just feels it, it turns into uh, like a, a, a self-loathing, a self-hate of like who you are and making you feel like there's something wrong with you. Right. And so um, I'm getting into the heaviness of it right away because that's just how I roll. Yeah, but, <laughs> and we, we have yeah. we have we we have that on there. We we want to we want to touch on that a little yes, later. But absolutely. yeah, keep keep going. Yeah, no, but I'll just say like you know, so the show has helped heal such a big part of that for me. And mm -hmm. I remember for sure before making the first season, being like ah Bakersfield whatever. And then after it, it was just like. I had in the first season, especially there's all these jokes about Bakersfield because that's just my love language. We grew up just, you know, that's how you, you, with yeah. your, the people closest to you, you talk smack. Yeah. And, um, 
And so we put all those jokes in there because I just wanted to put as many references as I could in the, in the way that I know how. And and uh, at the end of it, I was just like, yo, like, I love Bakersfield. It's so complicated, but it's like I wouldn't be who I am without it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be who I am without, you know, growing up there and the family that I have there. And, um, yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's it's I think it's in the similar vein of just kind of coming back to loving yourself, loving who you who you are and where you come from. Mm-hmm. You, you still have you still have family in Bakersfield? Hundred percent, yeah. My all my family, my mom, my brother, my 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 abuela, my, my cousin, all my cousins, my, cousin, <laughs> my, yeah. my cousins who drink Modelo's every weekend. <laughs> oh yeah. Do they, do they have a fan club for you here? Do they have? You I know. I know. You know what? I don't think so. I t- I'm like I I keep hitting them up. I'm like, hey, have you watched it yet? And it's just like, oh. yeah, I got busy. I, I was like, they were like, I'm busy. I, I was watching the new Fast and the Fury. Oh. <laughs> oh, they're gonna be like the typical like. What you? If I watch, you're gonna think you're all bad now, you're or what? All bad, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. they're all bad. Exactly. They're like, oh, Hollywood over here. Oh, you No, they love they love the show. They yeah. they they they've been getting texts all week. Like it's been so awesome, especially this season. I feel like everybody has you know this season we went into it way more raw it was mm-hmm. just more grounded we were just we were speaking from the heart in a huge way i mean first season we put a lot of love into it, but this season we're speaking from the heart and i've been getting a lot of you know the family's been reaching out and just like oh, oh letting me know okay i'm chiando, you know that they're crying at the end of every episode and it's been good it's been good i'm happy to hear it did they yeah. get to watch it before anyone else or did you did they have to wait <laughs> they had to wait Oh, <laughs> no. not even a bootleg or nothing not over there. Sent no, over there, like a DVD. You know, you know what's 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 terrible. It's like they're gonna be salty when they hear this. But I actually, uh, it's because I end. I'm in LA and I end up with my my uh, my partner, my fiance's family. I end up hanging out with her family a little bit more often. Yeah. And so mm. for her dad's birthday a few months ago, I let them watch early cuts because they're such huge yeah. fans of the show. So they got to see early cuts, but my family didn't. But, but, pero, 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 my mom and my grandma, my mom and my grandma are in the show. Oh, my mom and my grandma they're, okay. They're, so they got to come visit. They got to be on set. My me, my grandma got to be there. She got to meet Joaquin Cosillo, like took pictures. Oh, no. She does it shamelessly. Yeah. Shamelessly. She's like, Mr. Cochiloco, please, can I get a picture? Yeah. Um, and they're like, hey, don't start craft services. <laughs> She was, oh, she didn't care. She was so funny. I kept getting all these stories. Like the other actors, I was working, I was directing. Yeah, so they, yeah. I put them in my episode. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the episode seven, there's like this huge speech that Pops gives at the end of the episode. And during it, we cut away to portraits of, I wanted to put real immigrants in, in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in front of the camera. And I, so, and I was just like, well, let me put my parents, let me put my grandma and my mom, like the immigrants that made me, that raised yeah. me, that that who I'm writing and making the story for, right? So, uh, but anyways, but my grandma shows up and has like on her phone, she has all these baby pictures of me and she was just being a grandma about it and showing oh, everybody no. that would oh. listen, just showing of them course. baby pictures of me. That's She's cool, like, this man. is Brian. Yeah. So it was very cute, very sweet. And and she was just, I could just tell they were just very proud. So yeah, so they got to be in the season, especially, which was very difficult because we could not have any visitors because of the COVID but, of it all. But you know, you do have to, you do have to take care of the, the future in-laws. You do. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, that's just because we know. Like, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a tough balance, right? Complicated. 100%. Before we wrap up the segment. Especially. Go ahead. No, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, especially because like no shade. Like I love my grandma. My mom. My mom doesn't like cooking, and her family, my girlfriend's family, like they are all. They used to own a, biz- a family business. Like <laughs> they're all cooks. Yeah. So like they take care of me. You know. Like they. I'm just like well, they're coming through with that stuffing. Like. I <laughs> like what do you want me to do? Yeah, like? they're gonna hold it ransom. <laughs> no promise. Like, they make brisket. Dame el episode. Dame el episode. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, you've been talking about your mom a bit. Uh, you know, we our sister stations like Campesina here, they're in Spanish radio, but uh, we did some research and we saw that your mom, uh, you know, kind of had a career in, in Spanish radio for a bit. Yeah, she was, I mean, started in Bakersfield and everything and, and uh, worked her way all the way. Like, we grew up moving a lot. So I, like, I claim Bakersfield, but I moved a lot and it was because of my mom who was like, building her career and so we lived in like las vegas and then um i lived in boise idaho which is why chris and the show is from idaho because i lived in idaho for a little bit mm. and then and la parts of la so like uh i can't remember what station my mom started at um uh, but she was she true radio was in, she was true she was, radio this she is, was real radio yeah, back in the yeah, day exactly. i don't remember what station this but is- all spanish language and then 
by the time I was in high school, she was on K-Love in LA. And so like, I've oh, grown up in radio stations my whole life. Um, that was and, like the radio's heyday. Yeah. Too. yeah. That's when it was Yeah, like, that was mm-hmm. like, like we're, we're kind of on the decline right now. This is when radio was. Like, we're bringing you know, it back. We're bringing know, it back. Bringing See, it Marvin's back. Marvin's Marvin's appearance like, is like, going to help us. I, like like vinyl <laughs> records, we're bringing radio back. Yes. <laughs> it's. I feel like it really had. You know, you joke about it, but I remember my mom, like especially around, like you know, Napster and everything. Like radio was like they were terrified. I remember yeah. it was like, yo, what's going to happen? And, like, it really has held on in a way that I really thought I was like, oh, my mom's not going to have a career much longer. Mm. And uh, but the the resurgence and like radio has held on so strong and it's been it's made me so happy because I'm like, I, I grew up in it. I love it. It's such a it's such a comfort. Um, and so I really do feel like it, it just it's one of those things that just like you can't it just won't die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What now? What's your mom's name? Um, on air. She <laughs> went by Grecia Lemus. Um, it, it was her. Yes, I won't. I won't say her real name. Yeah. Out of just respect. Matt's trying yeah. to dox her. On air. <laughs> well, Grecia, Grecia, we're very proud of your son. I know she's listening. You, um, oh, we got we got to pay that. some bills uh, before all of you guys get us canceled on air, right? <laughs> Talking about the decline of radio, so you don't want to turn that down. We have more with Marvin coming up. This is Real Talk on Forge one hundred three point nine, a new sound. Forge 103.9, a new sound. This is Real Talk. And we are back with, a, you know, an incredible guest from Bakersfield, don't we, Matt? Yes, we do. We have Mr. Marvin Lemus, who is the, co- the co-creator and director of Hentified on Netflix. Season two, baby. Season two. Yes. You know what's so funny is uh, uh, I skipped the ending to the ending of season two, and I tried to tell Matt, like, do you want to know what no. it's about? Like, and he's like, nope, this is one show I don't want you to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's hey, just the problem. You know what's funny is that this morning I have a, I have my weekly call that I do every Wednesday, uh-huh. Our, uh-huh. our COVID call, and so uh, so we're on the call, and uh, this is with folks from all throughout the country. Uh, and I mentioned, hey, by the way, you know I'm interviewing the co-creator of Hentified, and everybody just went nuts. They're like, what? You? I love that show. Oh my god, that grandpa reminds me of my tata. Like, and they're getting all <laughs> emotional in the in the call and everything. And I was like, I'll I'll take I'll take a picture uh, somehow. We'll we'll send you some stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, we need to invite him to our events. So you know, Marvin, uh, you're not getting too far away from us. Uh, that that response when we when every, anytime you bring up Hentified. That's the response. Like, oh my god, I love that show. I love yeah, that show. I yeah. love that show. And they're like, fun fact. Do you know the guys from Bakersfield? Ha yeah. ha. And they're like, no way. And then yeah. there, there goes. It's a big, great conversation. It, it, it really is. You know, I was walking my dog the other day with my girlfriend. I was like, you know, we're gonna interview her. And then she started uh, raving about the show and talking about you so much. Like, hey, we gotta calm this down. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. The show's not that great. Okay. No. Like, <laughs> 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 I'm gonna reel this back. So are you gonna meet him? <laughs> no, it's just one of those, right? I love it. <laughs> hey Marvin, but uh, you know, so so uh, you said you, you kind of bounced around quite a bit, um, and then you ended up uh, going to school in Los Angeles, correct, uh, uh, for college at the Arts Institute. Yeah, I went to AI in, in, uh, for college, which is like it's like a trade school. My campus doesn't exist anymore. It's like it was like the ITT Tech of Art Schools, is what I, oh, I like yeah. to call it. Oh yeah. Um, and, um, but, but I, I was very fortunate. It was, a we had a great faculty and a lot of the teachers there that like, they were just amazing filmmakers and I got to learn like a lot of the gear and it set me, like, it was so, it was very technical. Like mm. it wasn't a lot of artsy fartsy conversations the way you think of like film schools where you're like watching movies and just talking about it for hours. We're like, no, here's how you turn on the lights. Here's how you rig it. Here's how you fix it. You're, like I had to, I remember I had to get like a, a tool bag and I was like, oh, okay. And I went and I got like a tool bag and I ended up building up my toolkit for like three years. And I had all this massive toolkit um, that got stolen out of my car once. <laughs> anyway, um, but that's, that's your, that's your LA baptism though. One of your LA baptisms is uh, to get ripped really off, right? <laughs> it was the worst, bro. I spent so much time putting that thing together. And then like, I ended up now I still just have, I have like a screwdriver and a hammer somewhere. It's somewhere over there, right? It's somewhere over there. So, uh, so, so, so you, so you were just getting your hands dirty there, like just kind of learning all the equipment. And um, was there, was there much like, were you, were you guys exploring the creative side of, of like, kind of uh, making art and, and film, or not, not, not so much? No, I was. So the, the it was great. It really worked for me because I'm a very hands-on person. Like I'm very like I just like whenever like I'm learning something new, I'm just like stop talking and tell me like let me just do it a few times and I'll figure it out. Like. Like give me the gist of it, and then I'll, I'll let me jump in. And so, um, so it really worked because I was shooting constantly. Like I was, I remember I had a camera in my hands from the first week, and I, I mean, I've been a film, 
I've been a filmmaker for a long time. Like I have been obsessed with directing since I was eight years old. Um, I was just a storyteller and I loved books and, and at eight, I rediscovered the camera and was always begging my mom for cameras for so long. And then it wasn't until like in high school when she could finally afford to actually get me a camera. And so I was shooting shorts all the time. And then, um, and being in school, like I, it was great. I just caught to shoot all the time. Like I was just shooting and shooting and just learning it by doing it. And yeah, that was kind of the process for me. I, I, I was, I'm trying to like uh, not go on forever and ever and be like super long winded, but that's kind of, uh, that's what that school was for me, was really letting me just get down and dirty and learn every job, which really is what I wanted because my hero was, was, is, was, still is very much this day, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, you know, he's the only, mm -hmm. he was the only Latino filmmaker, like the only like US born Latino director yeah. uh, in the game. And in, I was just obsessed with his stuff. And like, he preached, he practiced what he preached and he, his whole philosophy was just like, just pick up a camera and go, you yeah. know? And he made it seem so possible because if it wasn't for him, it would just seem like the most daunting thing. Like it would just seem impossible to be mm -hmm. considering a career in this, mm -hmm. you know. And, and so, you and you, were, uh, yeah. and you were, I'm sorry, you were fortunate to be able to like the digital age of cameras. So it, it became it much more easier to produce. Like if you wanted to experiment with oh, shorts, yeah. right? It wasn't just you weren't had. You didn't have to go to like buy a bunch of, you know, physical film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. No, my. My degree was in digital filmmaking. Actually, it was like it was all digital. I didn't. Type, I've never worked on. I, I shoot film photography, but I've never shot anything on film. Yeah. Mm. You know, no, Marvin. Before we end this uh, break, you you brought up um uh, uh Robert Rodriguez, right? And then you 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 said something that was kind of um really really important to me that I want to like touch on really quick, right? You said the only American born, right? Um, do you hold that with you uh, really hard? Because, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, bringing your parents and, and, and your I mean, your mom and your grandmother uh, onto set to have like a real immigrant. Right. Do you feel like it's still like a, a weird identity that you're a Mexican-American trying to pursue these things because it's it's different. Right. There's a different um, um, identity for people who are Mexican, but born in America. Right. No, it is. I think it's a very specific and very important distinction, I think, especially, you know, you know, even just a few years ago and still to this day, the numbers of like Latinos working in this business and being in front of the camera and behind the camera, like are so insanely low. And even when you do count those, like the filmmakers that, um, the filmmakers that you see, the Latino directors, like they, a lot of them are from Latin America and which mm -hmm. is amazing. But the reality is if you're from Latin America working in this industry, if you're a filmmaker coming from there, th the chances are very high that you're coming for money you know that you're coming from a very highly educated background because the being able to be a filmmaker in a country in latin america is an insane privilege compared mm -hmm. to la gente that i come from you know which is my family that came here just to be able to work just like trying to work trying to be able to feed their families like you know in a lot of ways it, it, it's it, there's just such a distinction it's a, it's a class thing at the end of the day and i think that we all get like latino um identity we all get grouped into one big mm -hmm. you know box pero um but there are so many different distinctions it's like not just the countries that we come from but then there's also the class differences yeah. and i do think that the u.s born latino um story and identity is a very specific um a, a specific story and a specific upbringing and i think uh, uh one that you know warrants being you know talked about and and, and explored more you know absolutely we, we've looked and i i've kind of like done, done some reading on this stuff and i and I've, I've even talked to folks about this but like being a mexican-american for example uh in mexico when we go over there they're like ah pocho like you know what i mean like they don't, yeah. they're not totally accepted there and then even here in america they're like no you're you're not american you're mexican like there's a very you know right. what i mean like you're yeah. not and when they say you're not american También. they're really saying you're not white yeah. so the thing is is like we're, uh, I think a lot of us Chicanos, Mexican Americans, we're kind of straddling both worlds, trying to yeah. figure out. Uh, where Here's is the our, scene from Selena with the Edward yep. James almost when yep. Selena goes to Mexico for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah that, I mean, that, but that, that that's the experience of us yeah. here here in the United States and and and, and in Mexico, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you, uh, you listen to Real Talk on Forge one hundred three point nine, a new sound. 
Forge 103.9, a new sound. This is Real Talk, and we are back with uh, Marvin Limas, who's from Bakersfield, who has been doing an incredible thing with, uh, you know, launching and co-writing uh, uh, Hentify on Netflix that just launched their second season last week, and uh, we've all been watching it, and we're just so honored and grateful to have you uh, on, but Andres, I know you had a question, right? Yeah, I mean, we've just been talking a little bit about, like, you know, the Latino experience here in America, and, uh, you know, I want to I talk with you a little bit more about Latinos in, in Hollywood, Latinos in film. Um, and you know, kind of, wh- where do you think the current state is at? I, I mean, I'm I'm sure we're we're not where it needs to be, right? Uh, but what do you think the current state is, and, and and what's what's your role to kind of maybe kind of expanding opportunities and avenues for uh, for more people who look like all of us here in this in this call uh, to to begin to to kind of enter that space? Yeah, I mean, it's getting better. I, I you know, I had a moment just like a week or two ago where we were starting to do promos for the show and. And I was just realizing, I'm like, we had our premiere, and then the night before there was a premiere for Ida Rodriguez, her new stand-up, and then Head of the Class with, on HBO, and and what else? And then I know with Love that which is Gloria Calderon Colette's show is coming out on Amazon next month. Like, there's a lot. Like, because when we dropped the first season, there was like two, yeah. maybe yeah. three shows, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and like a bunch of them were on Netflix, and so it was wild to it to like realize i'm like oh there's a lot of stuff coming out there's a lot more you know like latinx led shows coming out and it's amazing to see but you know it's still there's still so much work and i think at the end of the day i think like you know for me i i get so frustrated because i'm like we get so often i feel like we're treated like it's all one big genre mm-hmm. you know we're already dr- loved them as one big thing right and la- latinos latinx all that and um the but then the I feel like all our shows are treated like they're like a similar thing. And I'm like, yo, like we're, they're so different. Like you don't compare something like game of Thrones and broad city, like just cause they're white folks in it, you know? <laughs> and so It's like, I, and so what I want to see and where I, what, what I, where I want to get to is like, I'm like, uh, what I'm excited about is so when we get to the point where there's films and there's TV shows, they're just in various genres that are created by and led uh, and starring Latinos. Mm-hmm. Um, that are in different genres that like, I want to see like the, the, the thrillers. I want to see the, yeah. the, the horror movies and yeah. the, the hard comedies of like, you know, the, the Judd Apatow style R rated comedies and, and, um, and, and the rom-coms and the, and the, like the indie films. Like, I mean, for me, I'm just a film nerd and I just love me some indie films. And like, I just want to see that variety of genres, you know, told by storytellers that, you know, look like me. Yeah. Um, that's what I feel where I hope and I think we're moving, but it's it's kind of slow going. It's just a little bit. It's it's we're everybody that I know, all the Latino, like, you know, filmmakers and writers and everybody like there's just everybody's constantly talking and trying to like kind of band together and figure out like, yo, how do we do this? Like, how do we continue to push mm-hmm. um, and build and move the needle? And it's um, it's a, it's a lot of work, but I think we're seeing a little bit of the, the you know, that the fruits of the labor over the last couple of years, we're starting to see it. So I'm Absolutely. very hopeful for where we're going. Oh yeah. And you know, one of the things we talk about rep- representations, when you talk about the, the, the casting of Hentified is that you start to see some new faces, uh, Latino actors, or maybe they've, they've been in other shows, but we're finally starting to see them speak, you know, because they they always, we see a lot of, Oh, I've seen that person, maybe some other shows, but that we actually get to hear them talk. And so there's a voice to to the, the place and you get to see their personality and actually see their skills being used, their talents come out, and you're just you're just discovering all these new faces. And so I I go on these deep dives when I discover shows like Hentified and I see these faces. I got I want to find out everything everything that this particular actor's done. I go on their IMDB and you look about it. Some of them have some short IMDBs, other have some long ones, but they're all very bit parts until they get to Hentified. Yeah. So that really? is awesome. You know, yeah, I appreciate that. I think it's you know, it's a. I mean, Linda and I, like my my co-creator, my co-writer, we we um, I mean, we went into it just trying to write the world that we come from, that we live in, mm-hmm. that and and to just see the wide array of gente that we know, like because I feel like we tend to be like you're mentioning, like we're if we're in it, where there's one, maybe two of us in something, and and the tends it's, sometimes it's very stereotypical and and. We, yeah, we wanted to see that. We wanted to be able to see like our entire family. We wanted to see like the 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 chipsters, the Chicano hipsters, and the yeah, yeah. um 
the and the old you know the older generation but and all the different variety like the tios and the tias and the abuelos and the mm-hmm. the you know there's the mechanic and then there's the veteranos and like we wanted to just fill out the world which yeah. is why you know the original iteration of the show was a digital series that was an anthology meaning every yeah. episode was a very like a its own little story and we just did that because we we're just like i was like well we we're getting a budget let's just like make every possible character that we would love to have seen growing yeah. up and, and we did the one about the mariachi and what about yeah. <laughs> yeah and then I, I do remember watching some of those webisodes that there are some of the actors that i've, I've seen in other shows i say wow so maybe they can trace their like early beginnings to the hentified webisode and that helped them uh do some good so you obviously have a lot of good karma uh coming your <laughs> way for a lot of careers that you've kind of helped jumpstart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know marvin I'm, i i hope oh, good <laughs> Oh, you said. Um, no, I was just gonna say. I, I was just gonna say. I hope so. I think it has been. It's been fun to see people continuing to go, and I'm like just now seeing more announcements from the, the cast from Antified, like and all the cool stuff that they're doing, and I'm just really excited to see them doing all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so Marvin, um, we're talking about people who are uh, coming up who aren't necessarily you know the biggest and most well known actors, Latinos, Latinas, right? Do you feel like as someone who's kind of like leading this charge? in the film industry right now it's kind of your responsibility to bring people who look like you up yeah well yes i mean i mean here's i guess i don't think of it that way necessarily i think of it like i'm trying to just i can only tell stories from one perspective which is mine the way i grew up and like and 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 also the ones that are interesting to me right and and right now it just so happens to be that like i very much am very excited about being able to fill this void of seeing Mm-hmm. of telling stories of people that look like me and that are reflect my community and where I grew up and and um because I just feel like there's just so many amazing beautiful hinting weird crazy wild like interesting entertaining characters that like are in my neighborhoods you know that mm-hmm. that we never get to see their story told and um and so I think of it as in terms of like just wanting to like what shows what movies what what stories do i want to tell right now and it just so happens that like yeah i'm gonna fill it out with as many latinos as i can and i then i tend to go into it very much thinking about like i do have a why not kind of sensibility when it comes to casting like mm-hmm. even america um who in the digital series she was in one of the episodes america and Ferreira. when she was like america Ferrer, yes. yes i'm sorry uh america Ferrer, who's a, one of our executive producers on the show she's directed a bunch of the episodes this season and last and is an incredible filmmaker herself um but when we first um were approached by her and we were bringing her on to be an executive producer on the digital series um we wanted to offer her a part we're like if you're down like we'd love to have you in the digital series but i had finished like almost casting everybody and we're like okay who can she play and we're like gosh there's no more females left and then i looked and there was this one male big male character that we hadn't cast yet it was an important character and i was just like why not this guy why not let her be this character that was written for a man. His name's Andy. That's easily an, a woman's name. And um, there's nothing about the story that doesn't work if it's a female or a male. Mm-hmm. Like, why not just let, you know, and she was down and she did it and it was awesome. And it was, and I think we do that a lot during, throughout the casting process. I'm always just trying to think of like, why not this person? Like, mm-hmm. it, could it be this person? Like, could, what if we switch it up to, you know, maybe it's, they're black, maybe they're Asian. Mm-hmm. What if they're, it's a female, it's a male or Maybe it's like, um, you know, uh, just to keep it open because I feel like this industry has been so, has like these blinders on and it's just like, unless it's specified or, or it has to be like, we're not let in, you mm-hmm. know, and not just Latinos, but just like, you know, people of color, everybody that's on the margins, like we're not let in because unless there's something very specific that they need us for, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, versus writing be like, yeah, there's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If there's a low writer scene. <laughs> Honest, bro. No, you say there was even in first season, uh, people didn't notice it. They didn't catch it because he had hair. So the guy that plays Hector and everything, mm-hmm. the guy, if you look it up, you know, he plays Hector, yep. like that actor. His name is, oh, I'm blanking on the name. I apologize. Um, I feel terrible. But um, he, there was um, in the first season, Lydia, who plays the college professor, the mm-hmm. girlfriend to Eric. Yeah. She has a meeting with one of her, uh, somebody that she goes to, that she works with at the school. And I was like, we're going to cast him because he always plays the Cholo. We're going to have him be, it's East LA. They work at East LA college. Like, let him be the professor. And we came, he came in and he did it. And he was great. But I remember when I got to set and I saw him, he had a full head of hair because he's usually bald <laughs> yeah. and everybody yeah. recognizes him when he's bald. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, nobody's going to recognize him because he has hair. But he was, but it fine. It worked out. But he, we had him in there and it was just that kind of thinking of just like, 
yeah, he has the ch- like that cholo, like that vato vibe. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, wait, why is it no- Noel? Noel? Noel Gu- yeah. Guglielmi? Uh, yes. Noel Albert Guglielmi. Yeah, he was. He's yeah, he is the official cholo of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the cholo and everything. He plays Hector and everything. everything he has yeah. so many Hector. <laughs> That's literally hilarious. like it, okay. When Sorry. you when you Google when you Google Hector in every movie, it's him. It it's comes him. up like literally. Yeah, if you go to his uh, and, it, uh, fil- uh, film discography or whatever, or fil- fil- filmography. Yes. Sorry, it, it yeah. shows Hector like completely yeah. on all. It's of even them. in the in oh, the dictionary. Oh my god! Always. <laughs> and hey, why is why is Hector a cholo name though? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I'm like cholos have a lot of names. I know. Scary, <laughs> a lot of smiley. Hector. It sounds good when you yell it. That's why Hector. Yeah. My name's Hector, you know, because you can kind of, yeah. if someone comes but up to you, like, a, uh, go ahead, Martin. <laughs> I was just going to say, it was just that thinking, that thinking, we have that why not thinking of just like, it's like, why wouldn't somebody who could be like, oh, maybe he does have a, a history where he like was uh, gang adjacent or just kind of a homie from the, from the block. But like, yeah. he's a professor now, like he works at yeah. the college and that's what he does. Cause I've been at, he like my girlfriend has worked there and yeah, I go walk around and I'm like, yeah, there's the. There's the the homies with the the Aslan ponytail, like you know, yeah. all the way down their butt. <laughs> yeah. Oh and, yes. Um, and I'm like, oh, these professors. I feel like if I got into a fight with them, I think they would kick my ass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, the, the Mecha, the Mecha, the Mecha dude. That's what yeah, we used to call exactly. <laughs> the Mecha guy. <laughs> the, the Mecha veteranos. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Yep. Well, we have to go to commercial break, but uh, we we have a couple more segments of the Marvin here, so you don't want to turn that dial. This is Real Talk on Forge 103.9, a new sound. Forge <laughs> 103.9, a new sound. We are back with uh, Marvin Lemus, who is the co-writer of Hentify on Netflix, which the season two just debuted last week. And, uh, you know, it's just so great to be able to come in and talk about everything from uh, your your life to uh, uh, kind of the show. But we, 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 we really we just don't have enough time. Bob. We don't. We do we not have enough. Th- we maybe I could talk. To this I'll, guy I'll stop talking. I'll stop talking so much. You guys. No, 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 no. We're going to have him back. We've got to have him back in the future. They, they, hear, yeah. they hear us too much. Uh Hey, you know, season two. So let, there's 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 so much we want to talk about, but I guess just what, one of the one of the things that I want to ask you um, is like, how when did you find out that you were going to get a season two? And what what like that 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 that's usually a big deal when they're like, hey, we want we want you to do you know number two here because because number number one went so well. Yo, I'm blanking. Okay, so it was wild. It was wild time because we came out the season one dropped like two or three weeks before lockdown before the mm-hmm. like the pandemic mm-hmm. was officially called the pandemic so like it was like two weeks of like oh we're on top of the world we just released a, a dope show we're in the top mm-hmm. 10 and if, if you don't remember top the top 10 feature was brand new yeah. it started yeah. the monday the top 10 feature started the monday after we dropped we dropped on a friday and then the oh, next wow. monday i woke up and i'm like what's this top 10 thing and we were <laughs> in it and i was like what is going on this is so weird and um so we're like feeling ourselves and then lockdown and everybody has to stay home. And I don't remember how long it took a little while. Cause Netflix, like they love to, they data crunch and they, they, they have so much data and the numbers and they, they run their algorithms and everything. But yeah, um, I, I, I remember just getting that call and then just telling us like, yeah, okay, we want to do another season. And we felt very confident that we were going to get another season. Cause we we're like, what? Like, it's just doing too well. Like we yeah, have to get yeah. another season. It's top and 10. It's top 10. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. In the top 10. We're like, I don't know if you guys meant it, but, or knew that this was going to happen, but you released this top 10 feature and we're in it. So we're getting a season two, right? <laughs> there was a good, there's a good feeling when um, I was watching it because I would, I would watch all those shows and yeah, the, the, when you saw the top 10, you saw hint fight in the top 10, you're like, well, let me go watch it. Uh, that, that's first why, that's episode. why I started watching it. Yeah, because first, it popped up in the top ten. Yeah, and you just notice the quality, and you start. You can get that feeling when yeah. you're a Latino. That's that's you're hoping for a good Latino representation show. Something that's a little bit drama, comedy, a little bit of all <laughs> we, the characters we've you're had, talking about. We've had too many bad ones. And exactly. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And I like, grew up on Boulevard. This Nikes. is the one. <laughs> and, yeah, this is the this is the show that's going to happen. And he's from Bakersfield. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, we were trying to fill that void. I mean, mm-hmm. we we Linda and I are the audience too. Like, I'm legit just trying to make stuff that I would want to watch. Like, yeah. that's where I'm working from. It's just like, let me just make something that I would actually want to go home and watch as an audience member, as a Latino, as somebody that's part of this audience that has that has about all the same things my entire life. Or every time that there's something that comes up that's supposed to be for us, um, I, that's what we were working from. That's why we wanted to be at Netflix because we wanted it to be bilingual, like fully bilingual. Because I was like, 
my grandma does not speak English. Like she does not speak English. And I have to speak to either I speak to her in Spanish or I'm in English and I'm trying to figure out how to say what I'm saying. Like it, it's an interesting dynamic. And I was like, I want that. That's a part of the story. Like we can't, we can't just force this character to speak English, you know, mm -hmm. like those little things matter. So yeah. um, it's been, it's been really cool to see how people have received it and to hear that compliment all the time that like people feel so seen and so represented. It's a, it's a really beautiful thing to, and it feels great. It feels great. And it's hopefully I know I keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully and I don't it, mess oh, it yeah. up. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Now has the show, because you know, Netflix is shown in different countries. Is it, is there, is, is Hentified showed like all around the world in different languages? Yeah, it is. It's um, I mean, it's a Netflix produced show. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So there's no like sometimes like if they take something like from a different studio like WB or another network like, like Breaking Bad for example yeah like you know they don't have to license it like they own it mm -hmm. so they stream it anywhere that Netflix is available Hentified's available um, so hey, so, ja ja so Japanese in, like, people like Japan they're watching Hentified. I mean, because there is a big cholo culture, so they're probably loving it. Yeah. Oh, now we can learn yeah. more. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I've heard. I've heard that we do really well in Africa. That's wow, a random really? one that I'm remembering. I was right. like, random. Awesome. I was like, oh, man. Nice. that's cool. Hey, I don't know where the world is. Eh? Yeah, yeah, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hey, I, you know, let's talk about Chicano a little bit because yeah. Matt and I here, we're like, man, we got to bring that back, you yeah. know, like Chicano. That 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 that's just a loaded word there, you know, and that's it's a it's a, it's a proud word. Like, do, do you identify as Chicano or uh, how do you, how do you hundred percent? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's something that I've come to over the years that I've realized that just feels right. That feels like uh, it, it just, you know, I think especially in the OG sense of the term of the, mm -hmm. of yeah. the political sense of it, you know, yeah. it just feels like I'm like, yeah, like that's my identity. Like it's not, it's especially because I struggled for so long to be able to just like be comfortable being Mexican and Guatemalan American. I always forget mm -hmm. to mention that it's just anyway, Mexican Guatemalan American. And so it's, I got to represent for the, for Central America out here yeah. uh, for the Chip Chapinas. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But Chicano just makes so much more sense. It's be, and it's because of that. I'm like Mexican and American and Guatemalan. I'm like, yeah. to be able to have like that one identity that just feels like, I'm like, yeah, that's, it's like where I'm from. It's not just like where my parents are from, but where I'm from what I and stand like for. Mm -hmm. that and what I stand for. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we're rough around uh, the edges. I love it. Yeah. We're rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there's so many, there's so many different types of Chicanos too, man. There's like, there's Chicano four different in, like, in this call. In the who's like kind of slick, but yeah. then you have the like Chicano punk rocker, yeah. you have the Chicano cholo. And then, the and then, I mean, it's just, yeah, but then you also have to, you have to uh, bring in the X because Latinx, I was, when I was talking to Bob, I said, Hentified was one of the first shows to actually start using the term uh, Latinx in the description of the show. So, like a dramedy, a Latinx dramedy, and people would say, well, Latinx. And then there was that big uh, a debate over the yeah. use of Latinx and then Chicano. And then Chicano started kind of creeping back up. And it's just like, so then it became Chicanex. And to, personally, I think when, the, the, when Latinx was first introduced, I was along with a lot of OG Chicanos, we were just kind of like taken aback a little bit. You know, we don't need all that. But you know what? Yeah. I'm happy with it now. I, I love it all. Yeah. I love the inclusion well, of it. And and you just be yourself because, like you said, you can't put Chicanos and Latinos in a box. We come mm -hmm. in, we're, we come from all over the place. Yeah, I think it's, it gets such a bad rap. And I mean, I know there's the new one that like, you know, the I don't know where for somebody from Latin America, the, yeah, the, the Latin, experts. Yeah. Latine, which yeah. I was like, uh, which I was like, oh, I like it. It does sound, it mm -hmm. rolls off the tongue easier. Like my grandma can say it, right? Yeah. And um, and it's, I mean, it's just that. I mean, even Chicano. Like I remember, like I, Lynn and I got to interview Edward James almost um a, a few years back, and hey, does he and always he talk, talked about? Does he always talk the way he talks in his movies? <laughs> He's like, he's all, it was wild to be talking to him. He's all, he's like, he, he he's sounds like him. All he's, yeah. he's all, so, he sounds yeah. like a professor. He's just like, so and he was telling us about when he, when he was young and the first, like he was a part of the generation that was starting to use the term Chicano mm -hmm. and how his parents hated it. And like, thought it was such a derogatory term. And I was like, Oh, like, well, one, holy crap. I'm here with somebody that was like there when they yeah. were like first starting to use that term, which is like part of my whole identity now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and it's the same thing that we're dealing with now where there's so much resistance. I, I you know, we encounter with the word Latinx within the community, which I, and I understand, but at the same time, cause I'm like, for myself, I'm like, I'm Latino. Like, I don't necessarily say I am Latinx. Latinx to me is like to just talk about all of us yeah. at yeah. once. And, um, anywho, 
um <laughs> it's just like it just makes me realize the cycles that we go through when we're trying to as we're you know evolving as like la gente and the community is evolving and trying to like be better and show up for all of us mm-hmm. um i think it's uh i don't know so ultimately i think it's a beautiful thing yeah for sure Bob, Bob, do we, do we got to pay our bills or do we have time we, for some more questions? We, we got to pay our bills right now. Right. But uh, when we come back, we're going to have <laughs> our last segment with Marvin. And, and we'll definitely get those questions in, Andres. Yeah. If yeah. you guys don't know, we have six pages of questions. So, you know, we're only able to get to the first paragraph. <laughs> so you don't want to turn that down. This is Real Talk on Forge 103.9, a new sound. Forge 103.9, a new sound. This is Real Talk. And we were talking with uh, Marvin Lemus over the break. And Andres, you wanted to ask him a question, right? No, I mean, we're just, I mean, there's so many questions I want to ask him. But one of the things that we were talking about before was like filming in Boyle Heights, right? Uh, I mean, y'all are tackling some big issues there, gentrification being, you know, kind of at the very, you know, in the name pretty much, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and it being being very core to the, to the, to the storyline. Um what was it like filming there? Any pushback? I know that there were some other folks who have been filming there. The community kicked them out. Uh, how were y'all able to kind of, you know, create that relationship to, you know, to be accepted and welcomed there? Yeah. Well, Linda and I, it was incredibly important to us. Like, since we did the digital series, like, we were just very aware of, like, the resistance the, and the, the organizing in the community. And so, like, from the beginning, we just, like, we connected with a lot of folks in the community just to like, we wanted to do our research. Like for us, it was just like, we wanted to do the story, right? Like we wanted to make sure that yes, it's a Latino story. And it's like, you know, we want like people, Latinos everywhere to feel represented or just like La Gente to feel represented. Yeah. But we wanted to do right by Bull Heights, like so hard. And um, so we talked to so many organizations, so many different activists in the community and, and, and business owners. And because we went into it with like, yeah, especially in the first season i think this season we touch on it but it's a, a lot more about pop and his immigration journey but um but basically we just made a lot of friends and we did a lot of interviewing and we did a lot of research and i think people could just tell that like these fools like are trying really hard to like mm-hmm. to do right and to try to tell this story authentically yeah. and to, to 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 touch on every point of view and i think that's what we were really attempting because we went in with no judgment and just trying to explore every possible angle and 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 yeah and yeah, I, ask a lot of questions, you know, and I think that that helped and it ended up really working out for us in the long run of I know like, some, the I, community showing up for us. Yeah. I know some of the criticism was that like, you know, people just use uh, Bowl Heights as a backdrop, right? Or as, as another prop, uh, you know, uh, to, to help create a scene. But I, I didn't get that vibe watching the, watching the show. And so I was like, I man, this is, you know, like I've kicked it in Bowl Heights a few times because I had some friends who live, you know, who live there and, and we'd go visit them. And I was like, Go yeah, to this eat is too. this is yeah this is this is pretty this is pretty this is pretty accurate. I mean this yeah. is this is their neighborhood. So that was that was really cool. Yeah, I mean every time I watch it, I feel a little closer to that community. Yeah. Did you did you get any blowback from anybody? Um, like was there was there a little protest or like the you know the the Chicano the woke Chicano uh, groups that are going to be saying, hey man we don't want Hollywood <laughs> coming over here we don't want because you know because then people start no, making pilgrimages I mean, over there right like they want to go they want to go where Hentified was filmed. Right, exactly. I mean, that was our concern was like, okay, like we, we, you know, the thing I think is like, we were very honest with ourselves. It's like, we are, we, we weren't lying to ourselves of like, you know, we knew we're like, we are in a lot of ways going to contribute to the problem yeah. by making this show like that. It's like, even though we're, our hearts are in the right place and we're exploring a lot of these questions and trying, and we have our point of view that we're like, that is in the show for sure in the dna of the show there's still going to be like we were going to meetings and people with like you know lots of rich white folks and they'd be like i can't wait to visit boy heights i'm like okay just visit, just visit. <laughs> go get your tacos get, guisados and get, get out of here tacos. Yeah. it doesn't mean that you gotta move in yeah and um don't 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 and, like it too much so, like <laughs> exactly exactly don't like it too much but i think that you know ultimately i think hopefully i think we ended up doing a pretty good job of at least like for people that never thought about gentrification or all these issues in class and race and all these, like, I think we did a decent job of being able to like leave people asking the questions and like leave them thinking about it a little bit that, in a way that like, you know, I think especially now in this day and age when people like are so firm and have to be so firm in their beliefs and like can't and unwavering in them. It's like to be able to just like have a question and to wonder and ponder it, I think is huge, you know? And I think, uh, uh, and I hope that that's what we were able to do. And I know that we, I, some of the feedback that we got a lot last season from people was like feeling like they were going into small businesses and they were thinking mm-hmm. about the, what the other side of that transaction so much more in a way that they had never thought about it. Mm-hmm, they yeah. were going into, yeah. they were driving down Boyle, Boyle Heights and seeing mariachis on the corner and thinking about like 
like their entire like the the, the person that was there yeah. you know and i think yeah. that that was the that was the intention yeah that, that's great look, look I, we, I, we could talk about this i, I want to do a 180 because we have only a few more minutes with you <laughs> um i want to know sure. like hey like what what's next for you um like you, you have do you have anything in the works and then like part part two uh uh, you gonna you gonna film anything out in Bakersfield? Do you have do you have any Bakersfield projects in mind? Like, is there anything brewing? I got headshots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could be. What would, what would your what would your character be, Bob? I, I, my name's Bob. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Marvin. Back to Marvin. Marvin. I can see. Uh, I can see. I can see you do a lot of things. No, I um. So I'm working on a lot of stuff. I um have like probably biting off more than I can chew, but I have like a few pilots that I'm attaching. Nothing that I can officially talk about yet, sure. but I'm attached to a few pilots that hopefully if they go, there'll be shows on networks on your TV sooner than later. Um, but I am the big thing that I'm working on is my first feature and trying to get my first feature made. And that that's like my dream. It's like, I know I've made two seasons of a TV show, but I feel like I haven't made it yet. Cause I haven't yeah. made a movie. Mm. And, um, and the movie that I've been writing, I've been writing it for like four years now is, it uh, the whole thing takes place in Bakersfield and like I have uh and the dream and the goal is to be able to shoot the whole thing there and for people to be able to see like all those Bakersfield jokes let me show you what I meant (laughs) (laughs) and I think and um but yeah but I feel like I have like multiple ideas that I would love to I I just like it's one of those things that I can't get away from I think I'd love to do a trilogy my my Bakersfield trilogy you know the way that (laughs) the way that Edgar Wright Edgar Wright has the what's it called the Cornetto trilogy like and it's just because of the freaking ice cream that shows up in all his movies I'm like I want to do I want to do a Bakersfield trilogy so you you know Marvin you touched on um feeling like you haven't made it yet right so like from people in Bakersfield of course and especially uh, I bet you like longtime friends and all this they're like oh you've made it you're Hollywood you Hollywood right and to you you're just like hey like um, PG&E asked me for the bill every single month, just like you guys, right? <laughs> but um, can you give some to uh, some advice to people who kind of want to be in your position, right? Because in Bakersfield, I bet you you know this, uh, just like everyone else in this room. There's a lot of creatives, right? And it and when you look and you turn on the TV screen or you go to your Spotify, right? It seems like a very distant, distant dream to be able to do these creative mm-hmm. uh, uh, jobs, right? Um, yeah. Of us here in this room, we're very lucky enough to be able to be in these platforms that we are. Uh, because again, people like us don't get these chances, right? So, um, what, what's kind of like a, a word of advice, or you know, um, uh, some type of thing that people can live by to kind of get to the next step, right? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest piece of advice, and this is like how it worked for me, and this is also continuing the legacy of the, the Robert Rodriguez kind of method. Yeah. Um, you know, I think now, especially more than ever, like it is so, so, so easy to be able to create to create whatever music or film or, or, or photography, whatever it is, like it's so much easier because excuse me, the phones that we have have so much power and so much, the technology is just so has made it so easy. And like the barrier to entry is just so much lower than it's ever been. Right. And, um, and so for my, for me, the biggest piece of advice and the way that I did it was that I, 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 I shot like, I mean, I remember the year after I graduated, I was freaking out, like, because my thesis film didn't get into any film festivals. And I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to become a filmmaker? Like, how am I going to do this? And so I just like committed to shooting a short film every weekend. And Mm -hmm. I ended up shooting more short films in the first year after I graduated film school than the entire time I was in film school. And that led to like, you know, doing sketch comedy and doing all these other things, but I was constantly shooting. And I realized that like, it became, you know, and I was doing with budgets of like, I had 20 bucks. I could buy a pizza for my friends to be able yeah. to help me with this. Like, mm-hmm. to like, a hun- oh, I remember when I was like, oh my God, I spent $150. I felt so balling because <laughs> I spent 150 bucks <laughs> in a short. And, and it's just like the, me- the method, the thing that I realized is like, you need to be the moving train. Like you need to be the moving train that everybody else wants to hop on. Because especially if you're in a place like LA, everybody out here wants to do it and they're mm-hmm. talking about it and planning it. And, you need to move yourself from the from the big huge pool of people that are talking about doing something and you need to move yourself into the much smaller pool that is still sizable but the much smaller pool of people that are doing it and even if it's not with a lot of money but now you're in a much like a much smaller pool of people that are just doing it and when you're the person that's constantly just doing it and you're not waiting for permission from anybody and you're that moving train everybody else like starts to be like yo that guy's just going he's not waiting for anybody 
And now they want to hop on. They want to figure out like, how do I help this guy? How do I be there? How do I show up? How can I be around in this, this fool's er orbit? And like, oh, like this guy's doing it. Clearly he's got something figured out. Let me go give him like a grand to make this next video. Mm -hmm. It's just that getting the momentum going and keeping it, I think mm -hmm. was the biggest thing that really made a huge difference for me at least yeah you, um, um you, you mentioned uh help right so there's a there's a famous quote that uh, uh chris tucker said was that uh when he would break down on the side of the road and wave with his hazard lights on no one would help him people would pass by and it wasn't until he started pushing his own car that people decided to get down and help him get mm, to his destination mm, right mm. so so uh, that's a great analogy so yeah. I, I i definitely agree right sometimes you just have to uh, uh Maybe it may be hard. It may be difficult. You may have sleepless nights, but you have to make it seem like you're working, so other people can be like, maybe we should help them. Marvin is proof, man. Yep. Hey, you know this is <laughs> proof, bro. This is, this is the worst part of the show because this is we get all sad. We have to say goodbye. Oh, <laughs> we all send Dilo like, yeah. but we, we'll do a Mexican goodbye. You have to say goodbye to everybody. You know, it's gonna take us like thirty minutes to get out of here. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're gonna stretch this goodbye out a little bit. Uh, oh, that's the worst part of the party, right? Hey, but oh. I'll tell you what, man. We're gonna get Dolo Hector. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you this though. I, you know, uh, I've learned so much today, and, and you know, but I'll tell you my favorite part of this this entire interview uh, has been hearing you say this full. Full, full. <laughs> I mean, you sound just like all of us here. That's how we yeah. talk. Like, hey, what's up, full? He'll, yeah. that, He'll stop. He'll stop. That's why I was like, hey, this is this is cool. Yeah, he's a homeboy. You <laughs> can take him out of Bakersfield, but Bakersfield's never going to be yet. Leave him. <laughs> you can't. No, and I refuse. Like, I, I constantly, I went, I went through a period of time where I was trying my best to like drop all that, and then I was just like, no, the best way for me to like make money is to keep that up. Yeah, but, but when, you, when you, people. you had Felipe Esparza on there, and he's like the king of saying foo, foo, foo. Like, <laughs> but did you guys oh, yeah, who out food each other? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like, I can't, you can't compete with him. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's probably, that's probably, we'll have to talk about him another time. Yeah. That'd be a cool, cool dude to talk to. Um, but hey, you know, before we wrap up, is, is there any, any, anything that you, that maybe we didn't talk about or anything that you just want to say, uh, kind of rope into the floor here? Oh, man. Um, anything i want to say okay oh gosh um uh hi mom uh <laughs> hi, hi hi grandma um uh anything i want to say gosh i don't know what do i want to say to bakersfield bakersfield i love you um um <laughs> i have nothing <laughs> um you know, oh, Bakersfield, uh, can can we get uh, like a little indie film, like little film festival thing going on? That'd be great. I'd love to go to that. Ooh, we're on it. We're on it. There we go. Man. <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now I know that you attended two of the local high schools, correct? Did you jump around? Yes. So where, where I did. I went to two. What, my alumni, the one that I graduated from, I was at the longest was uh, Liberty High School. Oh, Liberty. Okay. In, uh -huh. Liberty. And yeah. then my freshman year for a while, I went to, um, cause I lived with my grandma at that time. I went to Highland high school and that's also where my mom graduated from. Oh, okay. Hi, you know, Highland just, you know, Highland has this <laughs> thing with like, it, they, there's a lot of talents associated with Highland. The guys from corn, Jonathan Davis and all them there. And also Gregory Porter, Gr Grammy award winning artist oh, who, who right. lives back in Bakersfield. He moved back over here and, uh, yeah, Gregory Porter. I didn't know that. There's somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. All from Highland. You know, you know, Matt, I've been around you for so long. I thought you were going to end the joke. Like, you know, there's so many celebrities, so many great people, even me. You know, I thought <laughs> no, you were going to go to Highland. <laughs> He's from McFarland. Yeah, I'm yeah, from I, McFarland. He's from McFarland. More country. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marvin, we appreciate the time. We appreciate uh, all the love, man. Keep up the great work. I, I yes. think you make us all proud here. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we know that we know that uh, Hollywood and uh, is in good hands with, with with people like you, and we know that our stories are going to oh. be sh shared in a in an accurate way. Uh, that's something that we we all talk about on a daily basis at lunchtime. Like, damn, they got to start making this look better. They got to start making this look better. And um, what you do and what Hentified has done has, has definitely made us all proud. Um, yes, and we're we're here to support in any way that we can. Round of applause for thank Marvin you so much. in the house. Thank yeah, thank yeah. you, Marvin. You boy, doing it, guys. great, doing great things. Well, that that's Forge one hundred three point nine, a new sound. This is real talk. Don't turn that dial. Yeah. <laughs>